0: good morning it turns out and so they were saying yesterday that the gasparilla parade i don't know if you know this but something happened yesterday in the city of tampa it turns out that the gasparilla parade wants to be the third largest parade in the country number one macy's number two the rose parade number three gasparilla how about that and so yes there's a lot going on it turns out that the children's parade which was a week ago yesterday is the largest children's parade there is so yeah there's a lot of festivities going on around here now ain't they so speaking of parades and pirates my grandchildren all want to be pirates um, because that's just how they are how can you be a six-year-old and not want to go ah, and be, and do what they saw happening yesterday so they have been included in all of this my grandchildren have but I don't want to talk about my grandchildren pirates I want to talk about my grandchildren and me so here's the deal with my grandchildren my name Pops, that's who I am, Pops. I wanted to be Babu. Babu is Swahili for sort of gramps, but another one of the grandfathers had squatted Babu before I got a chance to get to it. And I, I was I, saw, I found out after it was too late and I didn't get any chance to bargain. Anyhow, I'm Pops. Kathy is khaki. And so when my grandchildren, even the two-year-old can now articulate Pops because it works pretty well for... When a, one of my grandchildren says Pops, or there's pops, or there's some, some desire or interest in their voice and what they say and what they do. Man alive, my little heart, I love it. I mean, I melt. I'm done. I'm toast. Stick a fork in me. Nothing makes me feel better, almost nothing, makes me feel better than to have my grandkids say pops to me with warmth and affection. Huh? Huh? Now, here's what I want you to think about. If I, as an ordinary, everyday, regular knucklehead, and here in this building, I I would even say I, as an ordinary, everyday sinner, a person with brokenness, a person put back together again by Jesus, if I can feel that for my grandchildren, ooh, think about the heart of God when we say POPs. So there's another thing about my grandchildren that you need to know, this is really important. I'm not sure their parents agree with me, but they're perfect. (laughs) Huh? Yeah? Are they not? Say something about one of them. (laughs) Again, the Father in heaven, if we as moms and dads and grandmothers and grandfathers can love our children and grandchildren, and if our hearts delight when they want to be with us, how much more does your father in heaven, does Jesus who made you want you to want him? Well, it's immeasurable. And as good as it is being a a grandfather and a father and a husband, man, I'm just an echo, a shadow of God's love, and, and I have been teaching you, and we've been talking together about God's love, and there's a word in the Bible, Hebrew word, chesed, and I know, yes, it's a guttural, and you feel like you're spitting on somebody when you say it. Chesed is the Hebrew word for love, and that's, that's the God of the universe. That's how God responds to you and me, his children, whom he made, when we say back, pops. When we want him, heart soars the heart of God, the chesed love of God. Now chesed is a hard word to translate into English because it means several things. Say, so chesed means generosity. It means love, but it means love, it means generosity. We've heard chesed kind of generosity discussed already a little bit this morning. Serve day is a great concrete illustration of what it means to be generous. So it's love, it's generosity, and it's enduring commitment. And that's the way that God loves us. And when we say back to God, I want to be near you, I want to be close to you, I want to to live life with you, there's a word for having that kind of conversation with God. Prayer. Prayer. When you are connecting with God, the conversation is called prayer. Prayer. Prayer is not fancy words. It's not a set of ideas. It's not having all the right beliefs. It's not saying the correct thing in the correct order, the correct way with multiple syllable words. It's not that, it's, it's, all, it's connecting just like my, four, two, my two-year-old and I, we can relate. He just hangs out he's a perpetual motion machine. He goes, 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 but he looks at me and says, pop, pops. Uh, I'm done. It's fantastic. So that's who God is, and that's what God wants from us. Is this? It's not transactional, it's relational. What God wants from you and me is for us to feel in God's presence at home. Welcome home, that's what's happening. That's what's being said to you and to me over and over and over again by God. God is welcoming, welcoming you and me into his place. And this fantastic new place is a place where, as McLean said earlier, I hope you caught it, kick off your shoes, make yourself at home. This is meant to be like where your television is, your den is, where the table that has, it's a circle where you talk and you hang out and you just be. All of it, the whole building is set up so that we can do that in, in a million different ways. Lots of places around here where we can just hang out and kick off our shoes and that's what we want to do because because what we keep saying at first prayers is what this is about what it's about with me and my grandchildren shadowing or mirroring what's it what's it like to be people who are made by God and love God and want to be loved by God it's about real relationships that become real transformation what we're saying is the authenticity of an encounter with Jesus Christ and with Jesus people when we do that together what Calvin talked about when we're doing that then the next thing you know, we start changing inside. And the next, we're different people. It's not because of us. We show up and we don't quit. But God is doing the heavy lifting. You and I choose to talk to God, but God does all the hard work. And that's what we're saying is around here. And so that leads me to a, a brief commercial break. Can I do that? I'm going to have a commercial break here. We ran out of car magnets last week, but oh, we have 500 of them now. And so. <laughs> So they're all over the lobby, and they're, they're right here. And so we want you to have a car magnet. Just come get them. I'm leaving them spread around up here for you. If you want a car magnet, I think there are two cool places to put a car magnet. This is what I've been looking around for. One of them goes, if you have your, on the side of your car, where the, the thing is to put the gas in, you know, the door. Or the other one could be just right on the back. I don't recommend two. That's, you know, that's, you don't need two of anything. But one in a cool place is good. So car magnets. And of course, also, we have other stuff out there, other things that we're giving away. We have pins. Would you like a pen, Kathy? There, Kathy needs a pen. So there are pins all over the lobby. And you know what they all say, real relationships, real transformation. This is what we're about. And so what we're trying to do is make home a place where we're interacting with each other and where we're interacting with Jesus in a way that's like human parents, grandparents, moms and dads are interacting with their children, their grandchildren. That's what we're trying to make happen. It's about a relationship. It's about communication. It's about conversation. It's about conflict resolution. That's what prayer is. It's just regular, ordinary connecting. Jesus is trying to build a family of people who are relating to each other and to him where we're constantly interacting with each other. We're talking, just regular stuff. So a text that helps us get started comes from Matthew's gospel. And this is Jesus inviting people into a relationship with him and into the ongoing never ending conversation, which this morning I'm saying, welcome home. It's about prayer. This is a place where people pray. We pray all the time, but we certainly want to pray in here. We want that to be how we're marked. Again, I'm demythologizing prayer. It's just conversation. So look at what Jesus says. Come follow me, Jesus said. Jesus said, and I will make you into people who catch people. So there are three elements of that. I want to make sure we understand. We choose to follow Jesus And then we choose to surrender, as we just sang a few minutes ago, to let Him turn us into the newer, better version of the persons He made us to be. And then we say, okay, and I want to go do the work that you want me to do, which is loving people, catching people. Serve Day is a great illustration of this. Jesus Christ wants you and me to choose Him. We we put in the effort to choose Him, and we allow Him to make us over again into the people He made us to be. And then we say, yeah, I want to go do what it is you want me to go do. All of this is a conversation. It's just a family thing. So there's something you need to know about follow me. <clears throat> you, know, you know, I love the Greek words of the New Testament. So there's a Greek verb. It occurs 20, 21, 22 times. Jesus over and over and over and over and over and over and over again says, follow me. Theo is the verb. It's over and over and over again. So when we can't do this, you can't get on an airplane right now, fly to Tel Aviv, catch you a bus over to Jerusalem and literally walk around with Jesus cause he's not there anymore. He's everywhere. You can't do that. So it's, it has to go from being a, a metaphor. It has to go from being a real invitation to the first followers to being a metaphor for us. But just let me remind you of what happened. When Jesus said over and over and over and over again, follow me, you know what that meant? They quit doing what they were doing and literally followed him, literally. They lived with him, walked around with him, ate with him, slept with him, argued with each other in front of him. They did their life together in a band of people. We know the names of some of them. Literally went all over the place with Jesus. One of the things that I like to say, I've heard the rabbis talk about it this way, <clears throat> is they're so close to Jesus. When he says, follow me, they're staying so close to him that when his sandal flips dirt up, it's landing on my head. He, what proximity. He, literally, the first followers of Jesus literally went with him everywhere. So it's, it, it's, it's me being a Jesus follower means go with him. And so that's what they did. And use your imagination to just think about Kathy and I and some others got to go to Israel last summer. And we stood at a place and looked down at the, what was the path that people would have taken to get from Nazareth, Jesus' birth town, over to the Sea of Galilee in a town called Capernaum, where he made his new home. Literally looking at it. And as I was there, I was looking, I was thinking, I know that his, his followers, the men and women, we're walking with him. And it takes, they told me, it takes about a full day. Think of all the conversations. Think of all the questions. Think of all the encouragement. Think of the teaching. Think of, think of what, let your imagination, they literally were with him. And all of that conversation, what I'm suggesting to you is prayer. Because that's how we are with Jesus. As close as we can get and talking and listening all the time. And that's what you and I are being nudged, encouraged, beckoned into because the almighty God of the universe, who we know in Jesus Christ, can't wait for you to say, oh, I want to be close. I want to to follow you. And we 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 don't have a physical Jesus, but we can talk all the time with him and with each other about him and to him. And that's what prayer is. So welcome home to a place where people understand that the conversation that's going all the time is prayer. And Jesus over and over, when he says, follow me, he doesn't say first, believe this, second, dress this way, third, stop doing that, fourth, add this into your life. He doesn't do any of that. He'll make you into the person he wants you to be when he gets good and ready to do it. You're not in charge of that. You know what you and I are in charge of? Getting as close as we can and talking to him and connecting with him and with each other with him. Because our relationship with Jesus is certainly personal, but it's never private. We do it together, it's a family. Then that's just so beautiful. So so here we have, follow me, is one way that Jesus is trying to get us to understand. And for us, it's a metaphor. For them, it was literally getting the dirt of his shoes thrown up on top of my hair. you know, you get to wherever you're going and you go like this. He does another metaphor because he loved to use metaphors to teach. And he used a metaphor of vines and branches and fruit. So I wanna read this through. This is from the gospel of John by part of chapter 15, verses five through nine is what we're gonna to see today. I'm gonna to read it all the way through and then go back and say a couple of things about some of the details in some of the verses. So here we go. This is Jesus, again, talking about what home is. Home is not a place Home is a person, and when we're in this place and we're connecting to this person, this house, this physical structure, it becomes a home because home is where relationship is. So Jesus is teaching them about how they can follow him, and he moves from follow me to an agricultural metaphor, which all as they're walking from Nazareth over to Galilee, they're running by all kinds of... Orchards, all kinds of vineyards. They see a million grapes. So here's what he says to them. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is, I can't see up there. This is, where am I? This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. So there it is. I read it all the way through and on purpose, I want to go back and kick a couple of things around. So let's, let's go back and read again. If you remain in me and in my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. I'm sorry, I needed to get to the first slide of the next section. There we go. Yeah, I am the vine, you are the branches. Think about this, I am the vine, Jesus is talking. I am the vine and you are the branches. So I have a question for you. What's the job description of a branch? And many people, the very first thing you're gonna think is, grow grapes. Ah! 10 times in this text, Jesus says, the Greek verb meno, remain. Sometimes it gets translated remain, sometimes abide. Jesus is saying, Abide in me. You're a branch. I'm the vine. Where's the branch get its life? From the vine. Stay stuck to the vine. Branch, your job. Be connected to the vine. Stay near me. Uh, to use the previous metaphor, follow me. Over and over and over and over again, I told you he used the, w- the word up, up for follow. Here it is, the word for remain. Stay stuck to me. And everybody in that culture understood the basic way that you took care of a vineyard if a branch had separated from the vine you just get it out of there if a branch was connected to the vine then they'd take care of a little bit prune it a little bit and, and make it even more healthy and then it would it would push out grapes down the road branches that are disconnected from the vine what a farmer does is gets them out of there and of course the way to get rid of they don't want piles all over the place so they burn them I've seen it in orange groves right out here in Waimama. That's what you do. You, you get the dead wood out of the orange tree, and you burn it so that the healthy plants can keep getting the nourishment. So Jesus is saying, stay stuck to me. What, what about grapes? All of it, in this room, and in this family of faith, we are unbelievable, high-capacity people. There, you, you, I get a chance to know what all of you do, or many of you do, most of you. I'm telling you what, accomplishment, achievement, capability, high capacity, and we, it's hard for us to think without thinking results. We want to think results, and Jesus is interested in results, but what he's really interested in is you saying to him, Pops, he wants our heart. He wants us to want him and be with him and talk to him all the time about everything. Guess what happens when you're hanging around with Jesus? He changes us. When we're hanging around with Jesus, being with Jesus does something to us. Being with Jesus makes us different people. Being with Jesus, who loves us with chesed love, turns us into people who love. When we are hanging around with Jesus... We end up becoming loving. There's a, The great apostle Paul lists off some things that would be fruit. He uses the word fruit, like grapes. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Paul rattles all those off. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go like this. Mm, I'm going to be more patient. Just work real hard. I can do it. Come on. Or any, pick any of the other ones. That's not how it works. I don't get more patient by saying, let's be more patient. It's not self-help. It's staying attached to the vine branches. That's what Jesus means. Stay attached to me. You have to choose to stay attached. Show up. Don't quit. And I will push into you new life and make you more and more into the person I meant you to be. And you will end up seeing fruit. There'll be fruit out there, and it it will be things like Paul's list: love, peace. Joy, patience, kindness, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, that'll happen. But I've never been able to be more joyful by just sitting down going, Oh, be more joyful. It's about connecting with Jesus and with his people. And next thing you know, I'm a different guy. And what I did, I put in the effort, and my effort is this show up and don't quit and all of us can do that. If I show up and I don't quit, and you show up and you don't quit, and we do it together, that's the little bit of lifting. God will do the big lifting, and God, who is the vine, will push through his spirit out into our lives, and the next thing you know, we'll be different people. We'll be the people more and more like what he made us to be. That is what prayer is, is staying connected to Jesus. I I wanted to say something about my my personal prayer. So um, I'm I'm like most of us, kind of wrestling with it. Um, I have recently introduced, and you can laugh at me because I don't think many of you are gonna believe it. Uh, uh, I've introduced quiet. And one person in the room right now, when I said I was doing that, it's been a long time, this person laughed out loud right in front of everybody when I said it, because I took that as love. I'm introducing quiet. Some of you know that what I do, what I do is I park my car outside of the YMCA downtown and I sit there in the car. And the only thing that's not, the only thing is noise is some, sometimes I'm getting videos on one of the devotionals that I do, a little video explaining things. But here's what I want you to know about me and trying to be quiet. This is prayer, me trying to connect. My mind, and I'm borrowing this from somebody else. This is not me. I didn't make this up. My mind is like a banana tree filled with monkeys. All right. So if you think you're, if you think you're unique, when you're trying to be alone and be quiet and connect and pray and talk to God, and if your mind is all over the place, I, I understand, because it's that way with me. And here's, here's the encouragement that I was given. If I recognize that my mind had wandered off from the presence of God, then the very fact that I recognize it mean I've gotten back to, where, to the present. I, ha- I said, wait a minute, you just left. But to, succeed, to say that, I, then now I'm back. So if you're trying to be quiet, if you're trying to be alone, if you're trying to converse with God and you have a discipline, a place and a place is really important. Here's why a place is important. Let's think about it in physical fitness. If I don't have a gym membership, then that means I don't have a place to go to work out. And if I don't have a place to go to work out, guess what? I don't work out. (laughs) You follow me? We need a place. Structure. So you need some structure. Many people find making the personal prayer something you maybe start the day with or maybe end the day with or maybe both. You need some structure and you need a place. You can't just go, oh, I'll make it work somewhere. You you need a decision. You need to make the effort to show up and don't quit. Find a place and on purpose pops and, and, and begin to learn how to listen, begin to learn how to talk. And not, it doesn't matter what kind of words we use. That's, that's what a house is a home because we're connecting in relationship. And so Jesus wants our this building to be a home centered around our conversation with him. He wants our whole lives to be that way. The great apostle Paul said it this way, and this one may, may trouble some of you. He said this, pray without ceasing. Is it not in there? there it is second second 1st Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 17 two words we're being it's a plural pray continually you it's you plural pray and then it's modified with an adverb all the time or without stopping does that make sense so you pray it's plural which means i said earlier that our faith is certainly personal but it's not private So we do faith, and we do it individually. We make decisions individually, and we say, I'm going to show up, and I'm not going to quit. But pray continuously. This is understanding prayer to be just the interaction between me and God. And it's not the right words. It's not a formula. It's not an intellectual exercise. It's just sort of being aware of God's presence. One guy wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. And God can't wait. I can't wait to hear my grandkids say, Pops, And the almighty God of the universe is responding to you and me the same way. That's what God wants from you. That's what God wants from me, for us to show up and to keep trying and to just learn how to talk and say it in our words. Even when we don't have words, some of us are in the middle of stuff right now where all we can do is groan. It's it's family stuff. Some of us have strained marriages or it's strained marriages and finances is what I hear but strained marriages mostly or some kind of thing going on in the marriage that's putting the strain on it that's exterior but has entered into the family. And we're groaning and we hurt and we want it to be right. So the groan itself, when you don't have the words, the almighty God of the universe who loves you with chesed love will never stop listening and we keep showing up, and we keep groaning, and we don't quit. And the texture of our relationship with each other and with Jesus richens and deepens, like a branch connected more healthily to a vine, like someone who's following so closely to Jesus that the dirt flipping off his shoes lands on me or on my buddy next to me. And all of that conversation is what prayer is and families of faith that meet in what we call churches, we we want our church house to be a home. And it's gonna be a home when we have real relationships with Jesus and with each other, and we can see the transformation that's real taking place. All that authenticity, all that naturalness, there's no pretense. Nobody has it over on anybody else. I'm not the only one in the room with monkey mind. It's just the human condition for us to wrestle with these things. And that, that's what God wants from us. Two, two things, just sort of like practical encouragements. One is, say to God, if you can, speak to me. If that's where your heart is, I, we're being invited, nudged, speak to me to me." And that's our posture before God. And listen. Now, and here's the second piece of that advice. If you, to get a, if you get, begin to get a sense that God is hearing you and that God is giving some kind of response, I would, invi- I would invite you to, to check that response out by letting someone else know what you're wrestling with and what the speak to me answer begins to be. A person who you trust, who's a Jesus follower, maybe it's in your life group, and you go, well, I've been wrestling with this and this is sort of what I'm hearing. And your friends who love you, they're gonna listen because they want what's best for you in your dynamic relationship with God and with each other and in your life and in your family and your job and in your world. So don't do it alone. If you begin to sense it, let somebody else in on it. They're gonna wanna know. They're gonna wanna help. They're gonna wanna be your friend as they walk through this. Again, prayer is just conversation it's talking and when we pray and we let other people be aware of what's going on with us then our family ties are deepening because we're sharing our centered life around Jesus and our conversations and our life with him that's what he wants I I know what you want because I want it too I want to be fully seen I want to be fully known I want to be fully loved, and here's the truth. You and I, we're going to make a home somewhere. It's not if we make a home, it's where. And this morning, in this room, Jesus, He's inviting you. Welcome home. Let me pray for us. Gracious God, we want to want you. That may be all we can say, but that's, that's where you want us, right where we are. We don't have to pretend, there's no pretense. We come as we are and we get as close to you as we can. And at the center of that is the openness of the conversation, we talk. We talk with each other to you about you and to you. We talk with each other and we, talk, we do it privately, and we do it personally and we do, yet we do it with others. And we want to want you. Gracious God, give us a place, a little structure. Help us to find a spot where we can go and we can be alone with you and continue the conversation. But help us also all day long every day to be aware of you, to practice your presence. Thank you that you love us with a love that never ends. Thank you that your love is unending and permanent and that you are loyal to your commitments. And this enduring commitment is your commitment to us. Our job is to show up, not quit, stay attached to the vine, stay close to you by following you. Make us into your men and women. Make us into your children. Thank you, gracious God, that we can talk to you. We need a home. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand before...